Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. One last question, Dr. Savage. It's a, it's a big question. Um, are you hopeful for America, Dr. Savage? No. 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 I'm pessimistic. I think that Donald Trump, even if he wins a second term, is the last gasp of America as we know it. I think we're going to enter years and years, if not decades, of darkness. I see the masses of illegal immigrants who are illiterate even in their own language. They have none, none of our shared values. None whatsoever. They will never be Americans. They will never embrace the values that built America. They've been steeped in hatred for this nation by the media and by the universities. And they have a very dim view of the uh, nation, even though they love the benefits that have accrued from far better people than them. Welcome to the Savage Nation, the November 12th, 2019 edition. I've had a few days to think about things, and over these few days I gave a rather extensive interview to a remarkable young man, Joshua Kaplan of Breitbart News. I did not solicit this interview. I was asked if I would do it. It took a long time for us to get together. I do not solicit interviews by and large. In this case, I did not. And I'm telling you for a reason. There comes a time in every man's career when he has to just settle back, do what he's doing, and let the legacy fall where it may. But Joshua drew drew me out with questions I was not expecting, and I answered him the way I would you if I were with you in an informal setting on a telephone. And the interview with him on Breitbart is available on Breitbart News. It's probably the best interview done that I've done in a very long time, if not the best ever done, because he brought up things that I have never been asked, like the influence of art 
in my view of politics or my worldview. I have some sound bites from that, but I have some very important political news that I must get to as well. A story broke minutes ago on Newsmax by Todd Beeman saying impeachment vote could be taken by secret ballot. I couldn't believe my eyes. It said President Donald Trump could face a secret ballot, a secret impeachment vote in the Senate, in the Senate, if only three Republicans condition the ballot on their accepting the rules governing a trial in the chamber, a longtime GOP advisor argued Tuesday. Now, I don't know who this longtime GOP advisor is, Juliana Glover. They say she advised Bush and Cheney. I don't know what that means. But the argument in this article is that if they do go for a secret ballot, a lot of Republicans would vote to remove him because he could cut a deal trading his office for a get-out-of-jail-free card, a clean slate from prosecutors, Justice VP Spiro Agnew did. This seems to me a hit piece that appeared against Donald Trump from the Republican establishment itself. We're going to talk about that. But I want to go back to my opening soundbite on decades of darkness. Do you agree we are headed for decades of darkness? I look in San Francisco which has been a bellwether of insanity in America for a long period of time. In the beginning, the changes in San Francisco were welcome. In some cases, the freedom was welcome. The lessening of the shackles was welcome. The sense of laissez-faire was welcome. But soon the laissez-faire attitude of San Francisco became one of do as I say or I will control you or possibly hurt you. This city is a prison camp. People feel like they're living in a jail living in this city. Never mind the the crap in the streets. I'm talking about the crap in the city uh, offices. I'm talking about the crap in Sacramento. That's what I'm talking about. It's getting worse and worse. In fact, over the weekend, a huge story came out that nobody seemed to link that I put up on michaelsavage.com. I tried to get people I thought were my friends in major media to link it. Nobody would touch it. You know what that story was? A Soros-backed son of terrorists was elected to be the San Francisco district attorney. And he will not prosecute quality of life crimes such as urinating in public, meaning taking out your, your, your male organ and peeing in the public is now legal in this city of San Francisco, whether it's in front of your child or your wife. Camping on the street, legal. Selling prostitution, legal. Public urination, legal. Blocking a sidewalk, legal. Take a guess who is the new progressive attorney. They're calling him a progressive attorney. Do you know who he is? His parents were put in prison for their roles in an armed robbery that left three people dead. And this psychopath is now running the city of San Francisco's district attorney's office. What goes around comes around. It's only a matter of time until the well-heeled, smug, liberals, who run the city are caught in the crosshairs of this psychopath. Only a matter of time till one of them or one of their children gets caught up in the crosshairs of this communist radical. Are you listening to me? This man is the most dangerous of all district attorneys in America. He was funded by George Soros. His campaign was funded by Soros, as was the campaign for district attorneys across America. And I have to ask you something. Why did this devil, George Soros, spend so much money funding left-wing district attorneys across America? Why does George Soros, do you think, 
want to decriminalize so many crimes. I can pretty much figure it out. I'm sure even those of you who think you're the middle of the rotors and no right winger or left winger can figure it out. Why would a demonic left wing fanatic like George Soros, why would he fund campaigns of criminals like this? Why? Why would he want more criminals on the streets? Why would they want more danger on the streets? You can pretty much figure it out. 855-400-SAVAGE, 855-407-282. Impeachment vote could be taken by secret ballot. Do you agree we're headed for decades of darkness? And now I want to go backwards a little bit. I was on the air last Friday, and on my days off, I tend to read the news anyway, as we all do. Once you're in the system, you're in the system, and you don't turn your brain off, you know, when you're off the air. So I want to go back to my tweets. It started on Friday night when I went and saw the movie Joker. And here is my review of this horrible piece of trash. Joker equals subversive Hollywood leftist trash, sickening to sit and watch an actor mock a schizophrenic who deteriorates and goes on a killing spree. His targets, white males, cops, his own mother. Not for any sane person to sit through, time for censorship to return. Well, I was attacked by people who think that censorship is not conservative. And I answered them, censorship of pornography, gratuitous violence, encouragement of acts on a, radic on a racial class. Yes, we need censorship of pornography. Yes, we need censorship of gratuitous violence. Yes, we need censorship of encouraging attacks on a racial class. Yes, we do. That's my opinion. What's your opinion? I then tweeted a picture of a small boat that I have out on the boat, and I said, uh, the compass is heading true north, by the way. That's something Kamala Harris probably couldn't figure out. It says N, and there's an arrow on it. I don't think Kamala Harris would know that that means you're heading north. She could think it means heading to something else with an N. And I posted, light fog to escape the evil shifters. That was November 10th. Then I come back on November 10th, and I see that the son of these police killers has been elected district attorney in already six city, a demented city. And there are the smiling faces of the psychopathic leftists in the city at his victory rally with the fists up like they're all little mini Che Guevara's and they just had a communist revolution in the city. And the headline is from Town Hall, San Francisco voters elect radical district attorney son of cop killing, cop killing, cop killing pair. Can you believe this? I can't, I live here. Then I wrote, Soros, the devil himself, funded district attorney races across the nation to cause mayhem and bring about a communist revolution. As he sows, shall we reap? The next tweet was on another day. I don't know the day. It says the Republicans will turn on Trump and impeach him in the Senate if that is the way the wind is blowing. It's an excerpt from uh, the Breitbart interview I have referenced. I then make another tweet. He is a crumpled old seltzer man from New York who you wouldn't trust with your child around, Bernie the Communist Sanders. Then I talk about Elizabeth Warren in a tweet 20 hours ago. There is a meanness to her face that's not missed on the electorate, particularly women. Women know women better than men know women, and women distrust Elizabeth Warren because they know the type. I then go on to another tweet. Without a common language, you have a Tower of Babel, and the nation falls apart because there's no cohesion. Do you understand the globalists purposely wanted to create towers of Babel in every Western nation 
in order to weaken and destroy them. That was rather popular. The average person can understand that. Even the, the average liberal is now being overrun by the illegal immigrants that they loved so much only a few years ago. The average white hipster walking around in the Mission District who has his butt kicked every other day by one of the charming people that they invited into the country. Suddenly they're awakening to what their liberalism really is. I then tweet 20 hours ago, illegal aliens have destroyed the state and the city. People say, oh, they come here to work. BS. They come here to work the system. If you look at the rate of abuse of the welfare system and the hospitals themselves, you will understand they don't come all here. To, they don't, do not come here to work. I speak to doctors. I speak to nurses. Hospitals have been decimated and turned into third world hellholes because they're bringing their nation's lack of values with them. On top of it, their violence. The next tweet was 15 hours ago. Decades of darkness, even if Trump wins a second term. I hope you will read that article on Breitbart. And then there's a wonderful one, a beautiful one. It's a uh, MMA fighter who was with a group of pro-Trump folks who were on an overpass in Oregon waving American flags on Veterans Day. MMA fighter woman is waving an American flag on an overpass in Oregon. Patriots waving American flags on an overpass. A liberal professor of we don't know what stops her car, jumps out of the car, and starts attacking a woman, even biting her breast. Another woman patriot comes to the woman's rescue, and she happened to be an MMA fighter. She whipped the butt of this commie professor. You should hear the professor scream when for the first time in her life someone took her down to the ground. You got to listen to what was done to this psychopath as she says, I'm a professor. If only her parents had taken her out to the woodshed, this monster would not be what she is today. Let's all applaud MMA fighter Tara La Rosa, who showcased her octagon skills in Oregon over the weekend, restraining an anti-President Trump maniac who thought it was her right to tell those with flags to get out of her city. Do we have that sound? Oh, you got to hear the sound. We can play it right now. It's two minutes long, but let's start right now. Let's listen to this. We didn't You had to have it. Now you got it. Now you're going to jail. I am a professor. I'm a professor. I'm a professor. You're not going to be a professor for very long. You need to go to jail. Now she starts it with I can't breathe. What is she a professor of, Robert? Did we find out? If you can't breathe, you can't can't find it. No, you are moving. Stop. I can't breathe. You assault the I can't breathe. Yeah, you It's a clamp. I can't breathe. Stop moving. Please. Okay, breathe. you get the picture. So the professor who has a big mouth, probably from Brooklyn, came out and polluted Oregon with her left-wing fanaticism, got a job teaching at some crappy college in some adjunct professor position, thinks it's her right and her duty to stop her car, jump out and tell patriots, put your flags down, you're offending me. Well, my friends, this is just the beginning, not the end. I'll be back. Michael Savage, a host like no other. 
Look, whether you're an athlete, weekend warrior, or someone who deals with constant joint pain, back pain, muscle soreness, or arthritis, finding a natural remedy that instantly works might seem non-existent, right? See, most over-the-counter pain relievers such as Icy Hot and Bengay only focus on one basic cooling effect such as menthol, which temporarily takes your mind off the pain until that pain returns in an hour or so. But if you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD, developed by Omax Health. This non-prescription, triple-action pain relief roll-on is specially formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. The best part is this, 100% natural, CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes of application, and relief lasts up to eight hours, much longer than over-the-counter products. It's very easy to throw it into your gym bag and take on the go for emergency pain relief. Simply roll it over where it hurts and ice out the pain with an arctic blast. Omax Health is offering my listeners 20% off a full bottle of CryoFreeze pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. This discount also applies towards any product on their entire site. Please go to omaxhealth.com, enter code SAVAGE, omaxhealth.com, code SAVAGE, so you can take advantage of this incredible savings. That is omaxhealth.com, code SAVAGE, to get 20% off CryoFreeze and anything on their site. Now, listen to me carefully. This stuff works. I've used it. It does not have the psychoactive effects of marijuana, or else I wouldn't even tell you about it. OmaxHealth.com, code SAVAGE. Try it. You'll like it. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Trump's not a billionaire. He's a fake president. He, he calls everything else fake because he knows he's fake. He projects. He's a classic. I don't know what you call it. Everything that he says that negative about other things or other people is what he's saying about himself. So uh, he, he's projection. fake. He's a loser. He, he is a genuine loser. He's just a total huckster. He's a hustler. He's the president, you schmuck. That's Robert De Niro, who I used to love as an actor. Now, here he is on every network undermining his friends in the movie business by attacking 50% of America, by calling the president of the United States a loser and attacking him in every way possible. A mutt. Strictly out of jealousy. There is such a psychological thing going on between De Niro and his own psyche and, and Trump. He's jealous of Trump. And Trump had a better father than De Niro. Trump's wife is stunningly beautiful. De Niro is in a fight with his current wife. Well, wasn't a fight over child support and money. De Niro is short. Trump is tall. Uh, you know, so De Niro has it. In, and he doesn't shut his mouth. His movie's coming out tomorrow from the, the gangster brigade there. Yeah, why would anyone go watch Irishman, which is about the Jimmy Hoffa story? Who cares about Jimmy Hoffa? No one even knows who Jimmy Hoffa is. You got Mexican cartels killing American citizens on Mexican soil. You got a bloodbath in Mexican cities spilling over into America. And these old farts, the old fart brigade, uh, whatever they are, their names, all of them, they're playing gangsters. And you're supposed to sit there in awe tomorrow night watching the Irishman about Jimmy Hoffa's disappearance. How stupid can they be? The movie cost $170 million to make. 
$170 million to pay these old farts to make believe they're still tough, tough guys, none of whom were ever gangsters, but they all played gangsters, every one of them. And here's the lead Schmendrick, Robert De Niro, attacking 50% of the audience. You know that most progressives don't have televisions. They certainly don't pay for Netflix. So who owns Netflix? The very audience this putz is attacking. That's his problem. That's his problem. Did anyone go see a Midway? I snuck out of the theater I was in. I was bored to death of Joker and went next door and saw Midway. I may go see it this week. Be right back. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. You know, let's be honest with each other. Most people weren't taught how to invest in school. I wasn't. No one taught me how to invest. And if you're like me, you probably wondered, why does Wall Street seem to win so consistently? How can I do more than just buy and hold? Is there a path to help me take better control of my financial future? Online Trading Academy wants you to start knowing now. As a leader in investing and trading education, Online Trading Academy teaches people just like you a step-by-step process designed to help you make the right moves in the financial markets. You're going to discover common investor mistakes. You'll learn about risk management skills. You'll learn how to develop a personal income and wealth education plan. And it's very simple to get started. OTA's flexible learning style lets you take classes at one of their more than 40 financial education centers or in an online classroom from the comfort and convenience of your home. Students have given Online Trading Academy a 94% satisfaction rating based on more than 190,000 reviews. No one will ever care about your financial future as much as you do. So now is the time to start learning how education can help you take better control of your financial future from now on. A strong economy is the best time to prepare for a bad one. What would you do if you knew skills designed to help you generate income and build confidence toward your retirement goals? Well, get started by joining the more than 500,000 people who have attended one of their free classes. Free. Sign up for a free three-hour introductory class at otatrade.com savage. I'll say it again. There is a free class in your area. You register by going to otatrade.com savage. Guess what? You'll even receive their professional insider's kit just for attending. Write this down. You got it? You ready to go? Here we go again. otatrade.com savage otatrade.com slash savage. Begin taking control of your financial future today with no obligation. Once again, write it down and contact otatrade.com slash savage. Home of borders, language, culture, the savage nation. Well, people have been asking everyone, like, why is Matt Drudge so anti-Trump. And I said to you a week ago when I touched on this, I don't know what he is. Uh, I consider him a friend of mine. I haven't seen him in a long while. And they've noticed an anti-Trump flavor to the Drudge Report, which is the dominant website. And no one knows what he's doing. I said, ask him. What are you asking me for? It's his website. I have michaelsavage.com, which is a small website, but I put on it what I want, what I find interesting. And I shape it the way I want to project my message. He's doing what he wants. He sees the world differently than I do. So, okay, so the Breitbart article comes out. I didn't see it up there. I didn't hold it against him. I know Matt Drudge well enough to know that he does what he wants when he wants to. It's that simple. So just now they said 
go look at the article, Savage Decades of Darkness, Even If Trump Wins, which I find surprisingly interesting. Michael Savage, raw and unfiltered on Trump, Beethoven and the Future of America. You know, that was a very daring headline on Beethoven. Now, what the hell does Beethoven have to do with politics? Michael Savage, raw and unfiltered on Trump, Beethoven and the Future of America. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, it has a lot to do with it when you think about it. Do we have that piece or not? Uh, we have these little short takes. We do. Oh, we got it, The Beauty of Nature, right? Is that it? No, it's not in there. I want you to listen to this part of it, clip two from the Breitbart telephone interview. This is in my voice rather than the written ver- version. Imbued in your show, from what I've felt and so many others, is an artistry. You love to paint. You love to see the architecture. It's not just Republicans and Democrats. So I have a, a sort of a meta question for you, uh, well, Dr. Savage. How important is art in your life, and how does it color your work? Wow. No one's ever asked me that question. Well, I grew up as a little boy in my father's little antique store in Manhattan, and um, I learned various things. He used to sell bronze statues of various subjects. And he taught me at a very early age the difference between a fine sculpture sculpture and a bad one. And he said, look at the toes and look at the fingers. And he said, many artists can sculpt a figure very well, but the real test is how they sculpt the toes and the fingers. Wow. You start with the little stuff, the details, and you work your way back from there. You look at the nose, you look at the ears and the eyes, and you can tell the difference between uh, an artist and, and someone who's not quite up to that level. To me... The beauty of nature or the artistry of God's hand in nature is uh, expressed in man's attempts to create beauty in his paintings and his sculptings and whatever, to almost create what God created on earth or in the sky through man's hands or through his voice. Savage. Well, there's more in that interview. It's in Michael Sa- on, on Breitbart.com. And I want to go back to something political in it. And uh, some of it came out in the soundbite. Some of it didn't. The, the hands and the fingers, it's all true. I also said classic figures are what I like. I'm not a huge fan of modern art, but I understand it. I've looked at Picasso's split images of women's faces, for example. I totally understand it. That's a subtext. I think most men will get that joke. However, I'm a classicist in terms of what I prefer in my own house. I love jazz music. He continues lifting, listing a series of jazz legends such as Art Blakey, Charlie Parker, and Kenny Burrell. I love classic rock and roll. I move to tears when I listen to classical music. I lose the ability to speak if I listen to Beethoven. I can't speak because every few, few centuries, someone comes along who's so outside the human experience in the greatness that they overwhelm the senses in terms of their genius. I, I thought that was a beautiful line. But it's 100% true. If I listen to Beethoven, some of his symphonies, I become speechless. Nothing else does it to me. Nothing. Nothing. And that's because the man is as close to God as any human being could ever be in the musical sphere, in my mind. So that's in the, in the article. You say, well, it's neither here nor there. No, well, what do you mean? What is here and what is there? I'm going to sit here and talk about Democrat-Republican. Savage reflects on life as a conservative in San Francisco speech. On 29th of October, Savage delivered a rare speech at the University Club of San Francisco where he mused for an hour about everything from politics to culture, fashion, jokes, and personal anecdotes about President Trump and was sprinkled through his remarks before an engaged and lively audience. 
And then, uh, by the way, if you want to still download it, it's only two more weeks and that disappears from the Internet at SavageNationLive.com. No, really, the, the company that runs it is taking it down at the end of the month. And then this is the line I like the best, and I'll tell you why. It's had a big effect on me. Josh Kaplan, I never met him or wrote this article. He's a young guy, and he asked questions that older guys never would ask. And he says, there isn't much Savage hasn't accomplished in his career. Top-rated show, loyal fan base, best-selling author, and political influencer. You know, it made me think about my life. Rarely do you give an interview where when you read it, you think about your life. Well, this made me think about it. What am I trying to prove? There isn't much Savage hasn't accomplished. Top-rated show, loyal fan base, best-selling author, and political influencer. Well, what am I trying to prove? Well, that's a question for psychiatrists to answer. What drives a man? What would drive a man to work so intently as I do when he's not doing it for the money? I could have retired. I haven't retired. There were times I needed the money very badly. That was a long time ago. What motivates me? What impels me to do this? Why don't you ask yourself why Monet continued to paint after he had paralysis and couldn't move his fingers, and he had the paintbrush taped to his hand because he could still move his hand but not his fingers. He had arthritis or paralysis. He couldn't move the fingers, one of the great painters of all time, but he had his assistant tape the brush to his hand, and he continued to paint his great paintings. What motivates a man? Read what Rodin, the great sculptor, wrote. Work is the only salvation. Work, work, work is the only salvation. I found that a million times in my life no matter what plagues my mind, no matter what is bothering me, no matter what the thousand arrows are coming at me mentally, work is the only salvation. I go on and I say radio is an anonymous medium. I work alone out of my home. You begin to miss human contact. That's why I did the live e event. I wanted to meet some nice people. So I said I gave the people one hour of entertainment. None of it was heavy politics. I thought, what would Mark Twain do if he were here? I tried to write the humor as if it were him. You can be politically conservative and also be very humorous. It seems that the left owns the entertainment business, but they really don't. They just exclude people, he adds. Now, that's very poignant. They don't own the entertainment business. They just exclude people who are really good, but they don't let you see them. Then I talk about being pessimistic. I say, I think Donald Trump, even if he wins a second term, it is the last gasp of America as we know it. I think we're going to enter years and years, if not decades, of darkness. I live in a city of massive illegal immigration. They are illiterate even in their own Spanish. They share none of the American values. They hate the flag. They hate the country. They've been taught to hate America. They've been taught to hate the police. They've been taught to hate the federal officials who protect our borders by the vermin communists in this city and beyond. You're telling me they're going to become Americans? Never. The only thing they love are the benefits that have accrued to them from far better people than themselves. Period. End of story. That's my opinion. We're heading for decades of darkness. Borders, language, and culture. Very important, uh, as, as a very important element of my show for all these years has been borders, language, culture. And uh, in this article in Breitbart, it is covered. I don't know where. I'm going to play clip four so you can hear it for yourself in my own voice. Now, remember, this. it's interesting to me. My, the interview was conducted by telephone. 
And I decided when I heard it to play it, you know why? It almost sounds like I'm eavesdropping on someone. It almost sounds like a, a secretive conversation that I'm not supposed to hear. And I thought that would make for good radio. And I know that my crack call screener and my crack board operator agree, or I wouldn't have done it. It's actually good radio because it sounds like we're listening in surreptitiously and we, we shouldn't be hearing this. So let's hear it. Borders, language, and culture. How did you come to the realization years ago, before Trumpism, before illegal immigration became such an important issue, how did you know, Dr. Savage, that borders and language and culture was, was it, so, so to speak? And, and how did you arrive on that? And reflecting back on, on the years that you've been in politics? DLC, Borders, Language, Culture. I created the Paul Revere Society, and the primary organizational theme of it was borders, language, culture, as a de the defining elements of a nation. That's what I came up with. Now, how did I come up with that? Common sense. Common sense, there's not a nation on earth that is not defined or was not defined until rather recently when the globalists like Angela Merkel, who destroyed Germany and others, destroyed nations by making their borders disappear, open borders, open flood of illegal aliens. Language, without a common language, you have a tower of Babel and the nation falls apart because there's no cohesion. Without a common culture, there's no unity amongst the people and it makes it much easier for the devils who are trying to create this new world order to destroy a nation by controlling it from afar. Savage. I don't think anyone could say it any better. If you can, God bless you. Call the show or write it yourself. I think borders, language, and culture are the defining elements of a nation. By the way, it's a great topic. What else defines a nation? Remember, I'm trained in science writing, and I learned to do that when I was rather young. And the first rule of science writing, in addition to knowing what the hell you're talking about, instead of using jargon, is keep it succinct. Write in as few words as possible. That's one of the primary tenets of writing scientific papers or articles. Keep it simple and write, and write succinctly, as few words as possible. No one has defined a nation better than I have, borders, language, and culture. You want to try? My community is the Savage Nation, and it's time we got savage! Hey, here's a question. How did you sleep last night? Did you spend the night tossing and turning, worrying? Now, look, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you've got to try a purple mattress. The founders of Purple are two brothers who have been developing cushioning technology for 30 years on things like medical beds, wheelchairs. Well, in 2016, they finally decided to use their patented comfort technology to create Purple, the world's most scientific mattress. Now, what does that mean? How is Purple different from other mattresses? Listen, the Purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced. Why? Because it uses the brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It was not like the memory foam that I'm used to or you're, you're used to. No, no. The purple material feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the very same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable. Unlike foams, it's breathable so it sleeps cool. It ends up giving you the zero gravity-like feel so it works for any sleeping position. Okay, 100-night risk-free trial. You're not satisfied? You can return your mattress for a full refund. It's backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping and returns, free in-home setup, old mattress removal. You ready? You're going to love Purple. And right now, my listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text SAVAGE to 84-888. The only way to get this free pillow 
is to do this. You ready? Text SAVAGE to 84-888. That's S-A-V-A-G-E to 84888. Text S-A-V-A-G-E to 84888. S-A-V-A-G-E to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Michael Savage, a host like no other. You know how hard it is to go from a show to a live read back to a show? No, try it someday. Try it at any age. See how far you get. That's why half the people in radio have oxygen tanks next to them. They use drugs. They can't hear. They can't see. But they make you think that they're doing a show. I hope they all get better. I wish there was a magic cream that they could use to stop using oxygen and be able to uh, make, actually hear and see what they're talking about. But I can't control the other man's health. And I hope that I'm here for a long time to come. So I'm going to go now to the callers. Millennial is calling. A millennial. Yay, millennial. Sean in Dallas, make it quick. Please go ahead. Well, I don't want to be known as a millennial always, but I agree with you, unfortunately, about the decades of darkness, and it doesn't please me to say that as a 27-year-old man. But look at the culture. There is no culture. There is no good art. Sexual degeneracy is the culture. That's Thank all we you. Have, That's right. Thank you for noticing that. Nobody seems to talk about the degeneracy of our culture and how it's how it's fallen with rampant pornography destroying families across America. Every show I turn on on television, you know, last night I watched something on Lifetime. It's a chick show. And it was about a woman who gets divorced and she does online dating and they show her girlfriends. You know, she's in her 30s or 40s. Hey, I go out online. I try men. I try women. And she says, women. Oh, yes, I want to experiment. I want to try it all. This is what the vermin of Hollywood now are pushing down everyone's throats. This is what they're doing to our children. The scum in Hollywood destroyed America. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you see it all the time. Every article you see from the Daily Mail or any of Murdoch's papers, it's all about, oh, you know, cheat on your husband. Try, you know, a polyamorous relationship. Right. There you go. How do you think Murdoch made his fortune? He's not stupid. He fed sex, cheap sex, and bad lingerie shots of misshapen women. For so many years, he made more money than a cartel selling drugs made. There is more money There is more money in fake news than there is in selling drugs. Do you know that? I believe it. Look at what Fox gets away with because they wear skirts and they look good. You know, it's pretty obvious. Well, I remember when Fox first came along, a good friend of mine who was a smart guy, PhD from Harvard, said, you got to watch Fox News. I said, why? He said, the girls are gorgeous. They wear short skirts and they keep twitching their legs. So that was the, the formula. Just put people on who have good legs and let them twitch their legs and give them red lipstick. The problem with CNN is they're all fat old guys from Brooklyn. Now, I don't, I don't know what Mr. Stelter or Wolf Litzer would look like or Jake Tapper with lipstick and a short skirt, but I don't know. It might boost ratings. Anyway, thank you for calling. When I come back, we'll talk about borders, language, and culture right here on The Savage Nation. Be here or be nowhere. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. 
And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I have eight women who listen to the show across America. And they're basically lonely. They all wish they had me as a husband or someone like me in their life. Even if they're married, they're secretly having a mental affair with me on the uh, Savage Nation. I actually know the psychology of talk radio. I mean, you've got to understand something. Have any women ever made it in talk radio? Just I'm drifting a, 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 off the main topic right now. We're going a far afield. Who? Who? Who made it? Okay, maybe one person broke through in talk radio as a woman. Now, of course, that's predominantly because men listen to talk radio, especially white men, to be very, very frank who have been alienated, marginalized, and picked upon by this rotten, stinking, feminist-dominated society of ours. Any other way I can put it? If there was another way, a more polite way to put it, I would, but I can't because that's the way it is. Men have been marginalized, particularly white men. And uh, women who have sons who happen to be Caucasian know today that their sons are in the crosshairs of what's going on in this country. Everything is upside down. Everything I tell you is a lie. Uh, the whole racism thing is completely reversed from what's actually going on. And I try to set the uh, the record straight here, get the clock running again. But I'm very pessimistic. I, I know I'm not supposed to do that. I'm supposed to do the Norman Vincent Peale thing, you know, always be optimistic, sell optimism. I know people in talk radio sell optimism. I do not sell optimism because I'm not optimistic. If optimism was real, I would sell it if I was optimistic. But it's not real. It's fake. Anyone who does it is just peddling a, a false bill of goods. It's like going to church. I guess churches have to be positive. They have to offer you redemption. They have to offer you dispensation, then redemption, and then salvation in that order, right? You know, it's okay if you did that. You'll be saved, and you'll be living forever in paradise. Otherwise, there's no need for a church. But talk radio is not a church. Talk radio is much different than a church, but similar in tone and similar in methodology, but it's different. We are not a church. The liberals, by the way, are running the equivalent of a church, and I want to prove it with one soundbite. There's a very strange person out of Hawaii, a Senator Hirano, who I had not heard of at all until she appeared at the Kavanaugh hearings and looked like one of the most vicious human beings the God has ever made on this planet. This vicious witch, Senator Hirano of Hawaii, had the nerve to say things at the at the Kavanaugh hearings that I thought was so Nazi-like and un-American. I was shocked that she got away with it. But then again, I said, who's going to call her out on it? Wolf Blitzer? Jake Tapper? A coward if there ever was one? A frightened little coward shaking in his boots? A man they plucked out of the chorus line? This Jake Tapper made him into a newsman? He's a nobody. An idiot. No one said anything about Hirano or Feinstein. In a sane society, they would have been thrown out of office for what they did to this innocent man. Now... This same Hirano from Hawaii suggests Americans should believe in climate change as though it's a religion. Listen, you have to hear this. These are times that call for us to do those things that we believe in and to march and not just to march because that's important to show solidarity, but then to do those things such as voter registration, get people to, out to vote so that we can have people here who truly are committed to human rights, environmental rights, climate change, believe in climate change as though it's a religion, it's not a science, uh, and all of the things that remains to be done. Did and, you hear and what this low, is life, a lot. low IQ mentality from Hawaii just said? 
believe in climate change as though it's a religion, not a science. She slipped. She made a mistake. She told the truth finally. It is only a religion and a false religion at that, as that, at, at that by the way. And then again, voter rights, voter registration, meaning get as many as illegal aliens as you can to upset every community in the United States of America. So look, you have a clear choice in many ways. You may not like Donald Trump. You may not like the Republican Party. But the opposition is so Marxist and so communist that will slip into a thousand years of darkness, which I do not think we can stop anyway. We can only slow it down, which was the essence, by the way, of the interview with me on Breitbart which we've been playing here for the first hour. It's a very important interview. The Breitbart interview was the best one done on me, I would say, since the New Yorker interview, uh, which was in 2009. That was a great interview. And now this one. There's been a few interviews here and there that, that really strike the chord of who I am. But I'm saying there's a coming darkness. You look at colleges today, and you see what they have become. Harvard student government votes to condemn the newspaper Crimson for getting a comment from ICE. Simply because the newspaper reached out to Immigration and Customs Enforcement to comment in response to a protest, the Nazi fascists at Harvard went crazy and he condemned the newspaper for letting the other side speak. If that does not tell you everything you need to know about the left today, how fascistic it is, I can't help you. Then you already are living in a world of darkness. You already are a prisoner. You already are the slave that Orwell told us about. When Orwell said those wonderful things in his books in the 1930s as he saw Hitler and Stalin marching across the planet, he wrote certain things because he had been a socialist before the war. And then when he saw what actual socialism looked like and what it did to ordinary people, he started to write these fables against socialism, such as Animal Farm. And he wrote things such that I've never forgotten, such as the louder they scream, I am free, I am free, I am free, the more I can hear their chains rattling. If that doesn't define the left today, I'd like to know what does. They are the new fascist movement of America, posing as the good, sensitive liberals. And when you call them out, they want a safe space to run to and hide in. Well, like that girl on the bridge, let me tell you something. You can hide all you want. You can say whatever you want. You can scream all you want. You can write your newspapers all you want. But when you mess with those who are exercising their American rights to wave an American flag on Veterans Day, and then you attack them, you're going to wind up getting your ass kicked like that girl did on the bridge. It's that simple. I can't mince words anymore. They are revolutionaries who want to destroy this country, and they're trying to do what they've done in the colleges on the streets, and it's not going to work. America is not a college campus. There are no safe spaces to go if you hurt somebody, Mr. Nazi Fa. There is nowhere to hide if you hurt somebody, Nazi Fa. Because most cities in America still have real men in police departments. They have not been caponized like Portland. In Portland, there are no police anymore. They were complete communized, communized a long time ago by the vermin leftist communist mayor of Portland who destroyed the police department. He put police in who defend the lawbreakers. That's what he did in Portland. Now in San Francisco, we have the son of two killers, two terrorists who were uh, put in prison for killing police and others who becomes a district attorney. If you don't understand what has happened in America, what is happening in America and what might happen in America, I can't help you. Study the French Revolution. 
the difference is many. The differences are many, by the way. I mean, I say we're going into darkness, and I mean it. It won't be as free as it is now. We're going to the last great wave of America. When you have the greatest job creator in the history of the presidency, with people calling him every name under the sun, the best economy in American history that we know of, I don't know of a better economy. Uh, everyone, who, everyone who can is working. Every American who wants a job is working. The only ones that are not working are the bums and the deadbeats. They're the only ones not working. So you got these Elizabeth Warren promising jobs. What jobs? You ask them, millions of jobs will be created once they destroy the electrical industry. They'll, they'll create millions of jobs in what? We don't know yet, but they'll be created. You can keep your doctor if you want your doctor. They don't know what they're talking about. They've never created a product or service anybody ever wanted. So that's the darkness we're talking about. It begins with the darkness of lies, which the megaphone of the media is used to pronouncedly dispense out there loudly and repeat repeatedly. The Jake Tappers of the world are the criminals of our time, in my opinion. Now, you understand what I just said to you. I believe that there are people in journalism, so-called today, or broadcasting, who are criminals. If you take a lie and you repeat it over and over and over again, you are committing a crime. Not only a crime against that person or against that institution, but against America itself. And believe me, the day may come, and I pray to God we pull this one out of the hat like that proverbial rabbit. The day may come when the people's court hears these cases. I pray to God that people's court emerges because these people have had it too good for too long. It's like that woman on the bridge, that loudmouth broad from Manhattan, moved out to Oregon, got herself a cheap job in some rotten university, some adjunct professor of garbage. All you had were patriots waving a flag, a couple of little flags on an overpass Veterans Day. This loudmouth from Brooklyn took it upon herself to stop her car, run out and try to take the flag away from another woman, and got into a fight with the woman, bit her on the chest, and stepping in was uh, another woman with a flag who happened to be an MMA, MMA fighter, unfortunately for the loudmouth from Brooklyn, who pinned her to the ground. This is what's coming in America. You can push some of the people some of the time. You can push some of the people all of the time. But you can't push all of the people all of the time. Abraham Savage just said that. Now let's go to the callers. Dave in Connecticut, line two. Go ahead, please. You're up on the show. What's on your mind? Dave. I think the republic is, is dying, and I think that, by the grace of God, we got one more uh, America first president. But after that, uh, I'm comparing it to what happened in Spain uh, in my studies. The, uh, after their golden age ended, there were, they were knights and, and nobility searching the land for work and, and wealth, and it was all gone, and they fell out of prominence academically, militarily, politically. We've already lost our academia. Uh, Lady Liberty's on the operating table and we're doing CPR, but how, how, how long before the communists take over? And I'm concerned my grandchildren are going to grow up speaking Arabic and not knowing any of the splendor that we have now. Thanks for taking well, my... Well, your grandchildren will probably first speak a form of, of uh, a kind of mesizo Spanish. Spanish. It's not really Spanish. Uh, the Castilian Spanish that they would speak wouldn't be so bad, but it isn't Spanish they will speak. Uh, the Spanish they will speak is a different kind of language. That's in San Francisco. You never hear Castilian Spanish. You hear the other type, which is not really Spanish. It's not a pure language in that sense. And most of these people who speak this form of Spanish are illiterate in the language itself. They can't read it or write it. Did you know that? 
most of those coming in now from these countries can't read or write their own language? I couldn't get over the Latin wall to become a Spanish professor. I've been through it. Please, my blood pressure, doctor. I can't. Wait, say that again about a Latin professor. I missed that. I, I was going to become a, uh, a professor of Spanish, and I, I couldn't get over the Latin wall. They don't have people qualified or motivated to teach it, but try being a white male getting into that. I, I got cut down. I had to give up. What did you go into instead of teaching? I, uh, I stayed in private uh, legal consultation for an insurance company. Now you got to have a coffee. It's so boring. I don't want to tell you about it. No, no, no. It's okay, but you made a good living and you ran an honest life, correct? That is correct. Even though I work for lawyers, I'm still honest. <laughs> yeah, but no, no. Listen, I, I, I've known people and I know people who were attorneys are really some of the finest people I've ever met. When I say I hate lawyers, the type I mean are the class action lawyers. They're not really lawyers. They're criminals with a computer. Class action lawyers, as, as you well know, are not really lawyers. They're criminals. They've, they give nothing to society. They destroy good businesses and take people down just to rape the nation. They're the ones who should be seen in a people's tribunal. Class action lawyers should have everything taken away from them, even if they're hiding it in their mother's condo in Boca Raton. Anyway, look, let me give you a gift. It's all I can give you right now. It's only for another two weeks. It's available. The uh, SavageNationLive.com will give you a free pass. You'll see me at the show. You'll enjoy it. And that's that. That's simple. 855-407-282. Would you please get that gentleman's phone number or email? The crack call screener did. Coming darkness equal to end of the golden age in Spain. I really thought that was a great call. Let's have a round of applause for Dave from Connecticut. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. Okay, okay. Welcome back to the Savage Nation. Uh, we have wonderful sound for you uh, on the program. We have the stupid Robert De Niro, who has a movie coming out, attacking 50% of America and probably 80% of those who would watch it on Netflix by continuing with his vendetta against the man he knows is much better than him, uh, Donald Trump. He goes on MSNBC and continues to spew hatred and lies. It's unbelievable. I don't even want to play him anymore. It's not even worth the com comic value. De Niro is a, is a stereotype right now of a bitter, hateful little man. It's that simple. So maybe another day, but not right now. Uh, the phone number is 855-407-282. I said borders, language, and culture best defines a nation. I challenged anyone listening to the show, left, right, or center, to better define a nation. I don't know how you can define a nation in a better set of terms and more succinctly than I have, that a nation is defined by its borders, language, and culture. Why am I repeating that? Because a nation is defined by its borders, language, and culture. Now, Donald Trump came to office saying that he would defend our borders, but he hasn't. Unfortunately, he has not. And I must say again, I know that uh, you want me to be loyal no matter what, but I am loyal. I'm loyal to the truth, which is a bigger loyalty, by the way. Loyalty to the truth is the biggest loyalty that you can have. It's all you take with you uh, when you leave this earth. And none of us have been 100% truthful throughout our lives. That's a fact of reality. Everyone lies one way or another. Little lies, big lies, some bigger than others. But by and large, those of us who are in the media have only one thing to sell you. You know what that is? Our credibility. I was told that when I began in radio by a man who owned, I think, something like 17 radio stations that played music. I knew the man. He was an attorney, by the way, a very powerful Democrat attorney who had run the Kennedy White House. I had met him socially through something. And we visited him in Washington. I was not in radio yet. 
and he heard I was going into radio. I started to do fill-in, and he heard my voice. He said, you're going to go far. You'll be one of the biggest. But he said, Michael, I got to tell you something. He said, all you've got to offer is your credibility, nothing else. And when you consider people in the media who pose as conservatives are either fair lawyers or real estate hustlers who never got caught or uh, simply using the radio platform to enrich themselves while denying everybody else even a taste of a penny here and there, one day all of this will come out. So now Coulter, Ann Coulter, who is a pretty smart lady, says Trump must go because of DACA. That's a big story in its own way. She's mad at Trump because he said he may legalize all the DACA people. Let me tell you something. If Trump does that, he's finished. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. I put something together for you that's very special. And that is my recent live event at SavageNationLive.com. I think you need to know the background of what it's like to live in San Francisco. I think you need to know about the breakdown of the Bay Area. I think you need to know about what this city of San Francisco was like when I moved here in 1974 before the psychopathic left-wing communists took over and destroyed everything worth living for. I think you need to understand where we are going unless they are stopped. Let's listen. I just wanted to first begin with your event that just happened at the University Club of San Francisco. When I took a look at that video, you touched on a host of different subjects, everything from politics to culture. Now, one of the things that you've talked about on your radio show is the difficulty of the non-feedback from your listeners. Why did you feel like you had to go and speak to the people directly at this event? What was that experience like different from radio? And do you think that you're going to have more of these events in the future? Well, let's see. Why did I do a live event? Well, let's put it this way. Radio is an anonymous medium and I work alone out of my home or several home studios in different places, Los Angeles, San Francisco. And, uh, you know, you miss human contact. So I'm a member of this university club for about two years now, and I rarely go there. I was approached by the president, who seems to be politically conservative, which was an anomaly. He's a new president, older guy. And he said, would you be willing to speak at the club so we can get some like-minded people together? Because most of the people there are typical, old-line, very liberal San Franciscans you know, in their own little world. And I said, sure. And it started out, and I would do like 15, 20 people or something like that. But um, of course, I don't do many live performances, and they were sold out rather rapidly. I mean, the, the dining room only held 95, 100 people. And then the reason I decided to put it up as a video offering on SavageNationLive.com was because there were thousands of people outside of the club who would like to have been there sure. couldn't be there. Sure. So, So I guess the answer is, why did I do it? It started as a desire to meet like-minded people in this club, which I go to very seldom to begin with. And, you know, give the place to go. I think that John Yu is a member of the club, YOO. You know him? Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. There's a few people, and I was told that a lot of the younger people in there are, are very conservative politically, believe it or not. Interesting. Which is an interesting phenomenon maybe going on not only in San Francisco, but around the country. At least I'd like to believe so. You wouldn't know it from the media, but <laughs> right. that's what's going on. So uh, that's the answer to Sean Long. Would I do it again? I doubt it. It was one of the most stressful things I've done in my recent incarnation. How does Dr. Savage prepare for something like that? Because you're meticulous. You want things to run on schedule. 
how do you get ready for something like this? Well, I, how did I get ready? First of all, I had to help create the whole event. You know, there's wonderful people working there, but I like things done a certain way, you know, down to what food was being served. And, and I printed cards for the event that uh, had to be done. So it became a, a tremendous amount of work for me. I don't have the right staff for this kind of thing. People have full teams for this. I wrote most of the material myself over a period of a few weeks, some of the after-dinner jokes. I don't know if you liked them, but I thought they were funny, some of them. And I, the, the, the Bolton joke. I mean, you've, you've always had it. You've always been right about Bolton when you were saying how he was, you know, uh, hopping in the oh, back oh, of the Oh, 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 I said it's the, the salad. Did you enjoy the salad tonight? And they yeah, said I yes. I said, well, did you see the man walking around with, the, you know, the large mustache? He was just recently removed by uh, club security because his mustache hair has gotten the lettuce. It sounds corny on this call, but it wasn't received as corny at the event. People got the joke. They did. That was one of the bad jokes that I wrote. But I think my better ones were the politicians who hope, who were invited who couldn't be here tonight. One of them was Nancy Pelosi, who sent an email regretting she couldn't attend because <laughs> she's busy traveling the nation, setting up star chambers around the country. Her uh, Washington, D.C.-based star chamber under Adam Schiffless right. has been so successful that she wants to start a chain of a star chambers where she can secretly try her enemies, her political enemies, and she's <laughs> going to call them NOSH, National Organization of Secret Hearings. <laughs> So the people enjoyed all of that stuff. The next question I want to ask you is about San Francisco. So you're, you know, born, born and raised in New York, but San Francisco has been your adopted home for many years. I think that of all the people in, in the conservative media, your purview of how San Francisco has just deteriorated to the degree that it has, I think you have the sure. best, the best um, of you on us. You've, you've for years called out Willie Brown, Nancy Pelosi, Diane Feinstein, uh, Jerry Brown. Michael, if you were mayor of San Francisco, or I should say if you were king of San Francisco for a day, what would you do to get this city back on track? Well, I moved here in 1974. I left New York in 68. I lived in, ha in Hawaii for six years where I earned two master's degrees and did my original research in ethnobotany. And it was very advanced at the time. And then I moved here in 74 uh, when we had our first child because the schooling system was so racist in Honolulu against white kids. And we didn't have the money to send them to Barack Obama's private school, Punahou. I had to come to a place where you can get a decent education without being beaten up every day for the anti-white howly stuff that was going on in Hawaii at the time. Again, a little story that needs to be told. When we moved here, I thought it was paradisical. I bought a small house with every dime I had saved my whole life out in the uh, suburbs of Marin County, little yellow school bus picked them up over by a creek near a house. I thought it was a beautiful place, you know, to raise a child. And in a way it was because the schools at the time, and this is an answer to your question, were superior to anything else in the country from kindergarten through graduate school. A uh, middle class or lower middle class or poor family, if you want to call it that, struggling family who was working, could see their children going through school to the highest level at a very low cost. They were all publicly supported. And I, I told my children when they grew up, I, when they were growing up, I said, look, you could go as far as you want in school here because the, the school system is great. California had the best public school system in the country, by the way. It now has the worst. From the best to the worst. Let's just look at education. So how does the state go from having the best schools to the worst? What, what happened? Well, a myriad of things. The primary thing that happened is the massive flood 
of illegal aliens who suddenly became the darlings of the educational establishment. And so bilingual education, what do you mean bilingual education? How about teaching them the basics of English? Well, what the hell, you know, you don't need to learn the language of the land. In fact, the language of the land is that of Mexico. So, okay, number one, the flood of illegal aliens completely diluted the educational system because so much money was going to bilingual education. But that's not where it ended. In Nancy Pelosi's backyard in San Francisco, the last I checked, the ballots are put out in at least eight languages. Eight languages. Eight languages. So they can net in every illegal alien in the city to vote for these corrupt Democrat machine politicians. That's number one, that's number two, and that's number ten. The flood of illegal aliens has destroyed the state and the city. And don't get people, oh, they come here to work. If you look at the rates of use of an abuse of a welfare system and the hospitals are overwhelmed, and I speak to doctors, I speak to nurses, the health, the health care system has, has been destroyed in the state. So that's number one, that's number two. If you walk in San Francisco, which I do because I still have an apartment in downtown because I love cities, I love walking and looking at architecture. I like the hustle and bustle of the city. Having grown up in the, you know, I was born in Manhattan. I'm actually one of the few native Manhattanites left on the planet. As Walt Whitman said, I'm a Manhattan O Indian. <laughs> I'm a Manhattan O native. I love that Walt Whitman line. He's a Manhattan O, which I thought was cute. So I like to go there, but I must tell you, I feel like a stranger in a strange land. There are almost no Caucasian people walking in the streets of San Francisco. And they say, what's wrong with that? Well, there's nothing on the face of it wrong with that, but it's quite a big change from 1974, isn't it? I mean, you'd like to see a few people that look like yourself. I, I live near the San Francisco Bay, and I watch birds every day before my show. I feed them bread a couple of days before, and I see a variety of species. I see seagulls, cormorants, terns, pelicans, and it's beautiful to see them all sitting out there. They don't kill each other. They don't fight with each other over the fish in the, in the bay. They all get along. Is that really true in a sanctuary city where we all get along? I don't think so. And when you take a group and displace them with another group, where did the group that was displaced go? And what do they feel like? And how did right. it happen so rapidly? And why did it happen so rapidly is the question. Who was behind this invasion of California and America, right? That, that takes me to my next question. Um, so of the, the numerous things that you're, you're famous for, your credo, borders, language, and culture, to me personally, I think is your, your signature mantra. You've been screaming from the hilltops, borders, language, and culture for many years. The idea that there is no America or no country for that matter that exists unless those three things are present. In the conservative movement, we often hear that the apex of thought is free marketism, free trade, and so on and so forth. You have always upheld and fought for those principles. But how did you come to the realization years ago, before Trumpism, before illegal immigration became such an important issue, how did you know, Dr. Savage, that borders and language and culture was, was it, so, so to speak? And, and how did you arrive on that? And reflecting back on, on the years you've been in politics, BLC, Borders Language Culture. I created the Paul Revere Society, and the primary organizational theme of it was borders, language, culture as a de the defining elements of a nation. That's what I came up with. Now, how did I come up with that? Common sense. Common sense. There's not a nation on earth that is not defined 
or was not defined until rather recently when the globalists, like Angela Merkel, who destroyed Germany and others, destroyed nations by making their borders disappear, open borders, open flood of illegal aliens. Language, without a common language, you have a tower of Babel, and the nation falls apart because there's no cohesion. Does that sound familiar to anyone reading this, this article? Mm -hmm. Do you understand that the globalists purposely wanted to create towers of Babel in every Western nation in order to weaken and destroy them? And then finally, culture. Well, what does culture mean? Do I have to tell the, the readers of Breitbart what the culture of America is built upon? The U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, ring a bell to anyone? Do you realize most immigrants don't even know what the Declaration of Independence was or who wrote it? They could care less about the U.S. Constitution. All they know is they have rights. The minute they arrive here, illegally, it doesn't matter to them how, they already got a card in their hand in their mind. And uh, that is, I have rights, go to hell. They say that to ICE. They say it to mm -hmm. police. They all know what to say. I have rights, go to hell. They have it written out for them by the vermin in the ACLU. And so borders, language, culture. You go to any Caribbean nation that's independent, whatever it may be, you know that they all have voter ID in these Caribbean nations. They, they, I talk to them, Grenada, you name it. They say, of course we have voter ID. Otherwise, how would we have knowledge of who's voting in our elections? It means anybody could come in and vote. Yes, of course we have border ID, uh, voter ID. Why don't you have it? Ask Nancy Pelosi. Ask Chuck Schumer, ask Dianne Feinstein, the devils of our time. Ask them why they have so fought against voter identification, when it's the most commonsensical thing to do on the planet, if you want cohesion of a nation and if you want a nation to have any identity and any self-respect. They don't want a nation to have any identity and self-respect. They want a nation to be broken over their little knees so they can play with it like nutty putty, like Adam is doing, Adam Schiff is doing with our Constitution right now. Wow. Do you actually think a guy like this could get away with secret star chamber hearings if most American people uh, spoke the language and understood the Constitution and the Bill of Rights? He could never get away with it. In fact, a low-life scumbag like him could never be where he is in a nation where people understood the founding documents and the language of the land, borders, language, culture. One last note on that, uh, Josh. Mm -hmm. I'm trained as a biologist. The essence of every living thing is the cell, whether it be a plant cell or a, an animal cell. We all learned this in grade school, right? And what is it that holds a cell together? In an animal cell, it's the cell membrane. The cell membrane is the border of the cell. If you make that cell membrane porous, where things can come in and go out without us, there's nothing in it, the cell falls apart. It dissolves. There is no cell. It has no identity. It becomes a massive protoplasm. That's what's happening to America as a result of these left-wing fanatics who have absolutely put acid on our cell membranes, hmm. or if you want, our plant cell walls. Borders, without borders, there's no national boundary. Without a common language, there is no common, common cohesion. It's a tower of Babel. And without a common culture, there's no unity amongst the people. And it makes it much easier for the devils who are trying to create this new world order to destroy a nation by controlling it from afar. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. The media civil war begins tomorrow. Shiftless Dan. Uh, what's his name? What's his first name? Shifter? Well, I don't remember. Shiftless Adam. No relation to Adam and Eve. No relationship to God. Shiftless Adam Schiff begins the media civil war tomorrow. Already he's running it like the Stalinist that he is because he cannot stand on the truth. He can't even stand on one leg of truth. He will not let witnesses be called, who must be called, such as the fake whistleblower, 
this uh, Eric uh, Chimarella, who is a clearly deep state plant. Eric Chimarella, have you seen him? Have you gotten a glimpse of this man? A glimpse of this man? He is the deep state spy in the White House. He was put there by the Democrats. And yet, this vermin, this vermin will not let him testify because once America sees this weakling creep and they realize how deeply implanted the deep state actually is, there'll be a riot in the country. Now, Schiff, as you well know, is an enemy of the state. Schiff is not a hero. Schiff is a villain. Schiff is not a man who respects the Constitution. He tramples on the Constitution. I can go down the litany right now, but I don't have the time. Tomorrow, the games begin. The media civil war begins tomorrow. We will cover it live here on the Savage Nation. We're going to run the sound feeds. I'm looking forward to it. I got my jelly beans all ready and my coffee. I don't eat jelly beans. It's a joke. I'm not Robert, Ronald Reagan. There's someone in the media who eats jelly beans like him, and look what it did to him. But nevertheless, I don't eat sugar. Tomorrow is going to be a very big day, and we'll see which way the wind blows at the end of that day. Visit me online at michaelsavage.com. And if you want to see me performing live, it's at savagenationlive.com for another two weeks. And that's it. I don't do too many lives, maybe once every 15 years. The Westwood One Podcast Network.